0: And here we go! Let's this goose! I don't
1: apocalypse on Shabbos!
0: Trump <laughs> Shabbos! I say that doesn't sound like too good of a story for him then. <laughs>
1: yes, it's an 80s film, but it's a quintessential 80s film.
0: That motherfucker gets me excited about science.
1: But yes, I, I do think that this
0: movie requires a couple more views. I have the same cup size as Doc Hawk. <laughs> Give me my sandwich. <laughs> no crusts. Was it an instant classic for you? Uh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moviegoers of all ages, welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender, and with me as always, Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film, past or present, absolutely amazing, Or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach! Hey, don't be crazy, Justin. I like being crazy. It's kind of what I do. Yeah, you can't do that, man. It's not not PC. It's kind of a thing. It's kind of a jam. It's kind of a jam. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, Last night, (laughs) I was uh, on my way home from work, and I was listening to our Willow episode. (laughs) And I have some notes. And uh, apparently, I actually misspoke a couple of times. And when we were talking about Running Scared, I had said Richard Pryor. And I'm like, no, it was Gregory Hines. So in the moment, I said Richard Pryor, but it's actually Gregory Hines in that movie. Um, Also, yes, there are a ton of 80s fantasy movies. I just was drawing a blank at the time. But, you know, we obviously mentioned Labyrinth Dark Crystal, uh, Kroll. Um, but yeah, there are a million time bandits, Turn to Oz, Clash of the Titans, you know, Highlander, oh, yeah, whatever, Princess Bride, Black Cauldron, you name it, whatever. It a million Excalibur, million '80s fantasy movies. <laughs> I just was drawing a blank. And then lastly, uh, what I thought was so funny was when I couldn't find a positive review for Willow, and you said well, what does Justin Cavanagh say? And then you do an impression of me and you go, that's a good movie. You should go see it. (laughs) And I couldn't stop laughing.
1: Well, that's what you say. (laughs) You're just like, go see it. It's good.
0: That's a good movie. You should go see it.
1: Just get your monster in hand and go see it.
0: (laughs) It's funny you say that because I actually have a monster in my hand right now. I
1: love monsters.
0: They're good, man. You know my body. Oh, oh, I know it. I know it. But yes, I was I was not in good form last week. I, I made a lot of mistakes, and no, that, that was, I apologize. That, it's okay. That was a fun episode, and actually, the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I
1: really appreciated Willow. I want to amend what I said, and I think it was better than a middle-of-the-road movie. I really liked it. it I, I should have let it sit instead of watching it and then recording the podcast, because I didn't have enough time to fully appreciate
0: that film. So, I it, stand it, you,
1: corrected.
0: You love it so much that the amount of love can't fit inside of Willow's giant hands. <laughs> His hands are so big. <laughs> <laughs> They're so big. Oh, man.
1: Um, well, Justin, I am very, very excited for uh, this episode and our next episode because what movies are we doing?
0: We are doing the bit me. <laughs> yeah we yeah you picked uh the the batman motion picture shows from 1989 through what 97 uh yes, 97
1: is when uh, Batman and Robin came out. Um, I, for the sake of this, I've been calling them the '90s Batman films, even though that this one came out. In, er, Batman came out in 1989. Uh, it's basically the Tim Burton versus Joel Schumacher era, and okay. um, they were some of our first exposures to Batman on the big screen uh, with with modern tech and and you know in the theaters there, but. Um, I think they're very important in pop culture history, and I think they all have their own merits. so I would like to discuss them. And also, I am a diehard Batman fan, which you didn't know, which was crazy. I didn't, until I saw your panties. Ooh. They were... What are you talking about? I don't wear panties. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> they're just tattooed on <laughs> tattooed on um one quick thing I want to do that I think would be fun to kind of add to this is just give us a quick couple uh, either movies or TV shows you're watching currently as kind of a recommendation to everyone out there um, I can start first I finished up the first and second season of Barry the other week and I oh. cannot recommend Barry enough it is the best show on TV um, I think Bill Hader is perfect. He deserves the Emmy. Um, they just announced the Emmys uh, nominations, and I hope he wins because he is fantastic. Um, I also just watched Eighth Grade again last night, and same thing. I could not recommend this enough. It's it's such a visceral and, and fantastic look into the... Um, the coming of age and that transition of eighth grade to high school and the social structures we deal with and everything else, you know, in society. So highly recommend those movies. Um, I saw in theaters, the, the Spoderman far from home. I liked it. Um, it wasn't amazing, but I, I really liked
0: it a lot. So what about you, man? Man, I've been watching a lot of death shows. <laughs> death shows? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like documentaries on like people killing each other. It's terrible. Jesus. I, I know. I just watched one on Michelle Carter. She was the teen that urged her boyfriend to kill himself, like via text message.
1: Oh yeah, I heard about that.
0: Oh my God! Yeah, it was. Uh, it's only two episodes, but it was. Uh, it was intense. And it's interesting how you're opinions change throughout the course of the documentary you know on the surface it's just like man this girl is terrible and you know she got to go to hell go to hell and die <laughs> but, but but then as you sort of go into it and you find out certain things and he this young man had he tried to kill himself like four times prior um, and i would hope that if someone told me that they want to hurt themselves i would do everything in my power to stop them and you know, call 911 and, and get them the help that they need. But in this particular case, um, she had uh, switched medications and the doctor was saying that she was involuntarily intoxicated and she became manic and was upset. And that is why she was acting the way that she was. And I realize that that sounds ridiculous, but... Um, in a sort of Bill Nye, the science guy sort of way, it is explained to where it all makes sense. And at the end of this documentary, I was like, huh, I don't really know how I feel about this anymore. Yeah. And, and it's pretty crazy. And, um, you know, my, my heart goes out to their family and um, I hope that they can heal eventually. But holy shit, it was some heavy stuff. But that's that's really all I've been watching. Wow, that and like the office for sure. Goes away.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you got a whole year. But yeah, the office is like on repeat. I mean, my Google Home, I tell it what to do. I say, you know what to do. And it turns on the office on my Chromecast on Netflix. So I mean, it's like, it's it's just ingrained in there for it. So
0: um, great. Awesome, man. Well, let's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a downer, but yeah. No, the, no, la- no. The, the lady likes death shows, so I watch a lot of death shows.
1: You know, I pinned Alex for a little, uh, little death show girl. I mean, she's uh, she's kind of scary sometimes, so terrifying me.
0: <laughs> That's like our favorite show. Oh, um, those eye rolls one day are gonna turn into like.
1: Head, head rolls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> she did it.
0: In the event that I am dead and or missing, she did it.
1: Uh, she's we're gonna we're gonna clue this, and I'll be the butler. <laughs> I'll be Tim. I'll be Tim Curry, and I'll uh, I'll figure it out for you. It's gonna Perfect. be Alex. I appreciate. <laughs> it. Okay, uh, so we are gonna first for this segment since we haven't done something like this yet. I am excited. We are going to start with just the 1989 Batman. Um, I am excited to talk about it because, Justin, I was the young age of two years old for this when it came out, and you were nine? Nine. Yeah. Nine. yeah so you could appreciate it a lot more than I did. Yeah. Um I saw at so, the drive-in. Ooh. Did you make out with a girl? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> did you make out with your popcorn? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> and your hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> and what have you? Um, cool. Cool. Fun, or this movie, this movie, uh, I got to actually, oh, I, I did it wrong. Lo Siento. Um, so it stars uh, Michael Keaton as Batman, Bruce Wayne, Jack Nicholson as Joker slash Jack Napier, uh, Kim Basinger, Vicki Vale, uh, Robert Wool. Is it Wool? Yeah. Okay. Alexander Knox. You wrote an awesome article about him. Uh, Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon, <laughs> Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. Uh, Michael Goff as Alfred, Jack Palance as Grissom. Is that how you I, say it? Goth? It's not Go? I, I, th- I think it's it might be Go. Michael go, Goff. I apologize to the estate of Michael Go. Michael I he's, Go in yeah, he, 60 seconds. <laughs> wow. He lived to 94 years old. I know. Crazy, right? Wow. What a life. Uh, so we will actually jump right into some, some quick... I'm going to skip your part real quick because i want to do some trivia um with michael keaton uh there was an uproar from the the uh nerd community because people did not want michael keaton to be bruce wayne um it caused a whole bunch of controversy amongst amongst the comic book fans and there was a uh, fifty thousand protest letters that were sent into the warner bros um and uh, <laughs>
0: like actual handwritten documents in in
1: blood, probably <laughs> um, even even Bob Kane and Sam Hamm and Michael e., uh, Uslan, they were questioning the casting. So, I mean, Burton took a, a chance on this. Um, I think it paid off, though. Um, but uh, that was neat. Also, Robin Williams was potentially going to be the Joker. Uh, he also was potentially going to play the Riddler um,
0: in. Batman Forever. So but, I've heard. I've heard yeah. another, a mixing story on that. One mm-hmm. is that the Still studio, like yeah, where the studio used Robin Williams to get Jack Nicholson, and then yeah, you know, they cast they cast Robin Williams, and then they told Jack Nicholson, and they're like, you know, you probably would do this better. And He's like, yeah, I probably could. And then he he they signed him instead, <laughs> and then Robin Williams is left with uh you know a letter that says fuck off, pounce in. Yeah, he, yeah.
1: Interesting. So, I mean, who who knows, who knows the true story, um, RIP Robin Williams, but he would have, he would have been a fantastic uh, joker. But let's be honest, Jack Nicholson knocked it out of the park. Um, So also, uh, the the bat suit was so, and this was more of like the 80s style where when things were when things were happening, uh, then it, it wasn't about Functionality, It was more form. So that amazing shot of, of Batman, everyone is freaking out because it's just this big reveal. Finally, we get to see his costume. And that's why it was so stiff. They didn't really build it for for function. It was more for the aesthetics and the look. And that's why he was constantly turning and his fighting was usually with one hand and he couldn't move much. Um, it bugged me, but I could see the anticipation of a, a big screen Batman film and seeing that and just being goo goo over it. Um, cool. And then one final quick one. Uh, Michael Keaton came up with the famous I'm Batman line in the script. Uh, it was, it's like six minutes in when they say, what are you? And he's like, I'm Batman. It was supposed to, or he was supposed to say, I am the knight. Mm-hmm. But he did, he did, he did good. So how did Batman do, Justin, critically?
0: Uh, pretty good. Uh, most of these reviews are better. you should go um, see it, it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> <laughs> you should go see it. Two thumbs, way, way up. <laughs> That's funny. Shit. Um, so the tomato meat of there is at 71%. A lot of these reviews are actually fairly new, which is weird. Um, people are going back and, and checking things out.
1: They just had the 80th anniversary, so I'm sure that, and the 4K release just came out, so I'm sure that there's a bunch of reviews now.
0: Sure. 30th anniversary for the 89, and then 84 Batman altogether. It's a lot. Long time. Uh, Let's see here. Mr. Peter Bradshaw of Guardian says, directed by Tim Burton. The movie has a brooding noir feel. Yeah. How about that? (laughs) Thank you, Captain Obvious. Fine, young man. You're going places. This guy's uh, uptown all the way. Not going to (laughs) lie. Holy shit. Uh, Let's see. We got uh, Dave Kerr from Chicago Tribune. He says, the idea of doing a dark, neurotic, highly stylized, and highly claustrophobic super production is an audacious and appealing one, but director Tim Burton has only made it halfway there.
1: Ooh, that's hurtful.
0: It's a positive. It's It's a healthy to mate, but that is an interesting comment. Uh, Let's see, Rachel Wagner from (laughs) rachelsreviews.net.org.edu says, (laughs) I don't get the appeal, to be honest. How do you not get the appeal of Batman? He's badass. Honestly. Sheila Benson, Los Angeles Times. Is it interesting? Fitfully. Is it fun? Not much. Gotham City fans? Not much. Wow. Honestly. Honestly.
1: Bunch of negative Nancys.
0: No, I don't like it. You got any good ones in there? Uh, Nicholson isn't only offering a brilliant bit of self-parody here; he's doing it in service to the character. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I see a lot of uh, Nicholson just kind of being Nicholson, <laughs> <laughs> but it works. Uh, I mean, yeah. all, like, like you know, when he's when he's Napier, he just seems like he's just and annoyed Jack Nicholson and then when he goes full on joker it's just amplified yeah it's it's uh
1: Jack Torrance from the shining it's yeah, yeah. he's uh, it's one flew over the cuckoo's nest i can't remember his character's name but anyways um yeah. yeah it's it's Jack Nicholson at his peak when he's doing that kind of stuff um
0: well real quick George it, Perry yeah. from yeah, Sunday Times go. he says the new Batman is the most intelligent film ever made from a comic book. How you sure you, you didn't write that? I didn't. I did not write that. <laughs> J.C.C. Cavender.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I'm adding the C's. It just yeah, yeah you add a lot
0: of C's. It, it
1: adds more official. Or it's like more official. Or you're a serial killer. <laughs> they
0: always have the three names. I know. <laughs> Justin Martin Cavender. Oh,
1: jeez. It was a quiet
0: sort, but not really. You could hear him from three houses away.
1: <laughs> um, box office-wise, what did we do for Batman?
0: The Batman, counting my $5 from the <laughs> drive-in theater. $5 for a car, mind you. Not, oh, that, not, oh, not for oh, the love person. It.
1: And you sneak people in under a blanket, and it's yeah. like, 20, 25 people. <laughs>
0: yeah. We all, we all fit. It worked. <laughs> so it was a budget of thirty-five million dollars in the United States. It brought home two hundred and fifty-one million, and then across the entire globe, we're looking at four hundred and eleven million dollars. A lot of cheddar cheese, man. Mm-hmm. So, um, I and again,
1: one of these rumors for basically the closed set that was Batman was a uh, Jack Nicholson had a payday of fifty million. For yeah. this for this role which is almost double the budget and it's in that's insane and that equates to like a 100 and, I don't know 50 million right now yeah. <laughs> in 2019 money I mean that's just unheard of
0: that's because he went for uh points on the back end you know? yep. If yep makes a profit then I'll take a paycheck huh?
1: yep and I think that they were able to pay him out so I think that worked out for him um, so, with the IP for this, um, this spawned probably one of the greatest things to ever come out of my childhood, besides um, Bagel Bites and squeeze was uh, it spawned Batman the Animated Series. Um, Batman the Animated Series uh, ran for four seasons, I believe, um, and it took place, it, it was Batman and Robin, essentially, but it was all of your, um, essentially, rogues gallery and the start of many other uh, enemy or enemies <laughs> uh, bad guys like um Harley Quinn right she got her start on Batman the animated series it took that same style that tim burton created where it's almost 1940s kind of big grand doy scenes and what what have you um but uh, that was that was really neat for that to spawn and then from there it turned into Obviously, more Batman films, more video games. There was a comic book adaptation of the 1989 Batman. Um, there was a video game. I believe it was for Sega. Did they have one for? There, or, there, was, there
0: was one on, on Nintendo as well. Nintendo.
1: OK. I just remember the Batman Returns one for SNES. And it was, it was fun, but it was god awful. Um, so yeah, it, it spawned a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, McDonald's had a toy campaign going for it. Yeah, uh, for, for all of them. Yeah, yeah. for every single one. Oh, I, and I specifically remember for Batman Forever and Batman uh, and Robin when they had the the mugs. You could buy yeah. the glass mugs. And the Riddler one, or the Two-Face one, was the coolest because it had the coins flipping as the handle. So, um, pretty sweet. So, um, cool. You should go get it. You should go <laughs> get it right now from McDonald's.
0: So, this movie takes place in not 1930 or 40, but, but they got hats and blimps and sweet cars
1: yeah it's um it's, it's ambiguous very, it's very ambiguous, and I think that uh gives that fun lore that Tim Burton does with his movies it it, it plays into Gotham because Gotham is its own character, and we'll discuss that coming up very soon right after this uh commercial quick, <laughs> quick drink your oval tea
0: <laughs> this quick crummy sp- commercial. <laughs>
1: summary i did not write this summary i apologize to all my romance novel fanatics out there but i could not write one today Uh, i just got too tied up anyways having witnessed his parents brutal murder as a child millionaire philanthropist bruce wayne fights crime in gotham city disguised as batman a costume hero who strikes fear into the hearts of villains but when a deformed madman who calls himself the Joker seizes control of Gotham's criminal underworld, Batman must face his most ruthless nemesis ever while protecting both his identity and his love interest, reporter Vicki Vale. Thank mm-hmm. you, J. Welch, five seven four two, for that summary. Are you so- a ladies
0: man five one three two? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: okay, focus. So. We are going to jump right into it. Um, I'm just gonna flat out say I really enjoyed this movie film. Um Justin, what say you? Yeah,
0: man, I was all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- <laughs> I love the Batman. I-,
1: I love the Batman.
0: I was I was throwing my panties at the the drive-in movie theater screen. I was like, oh Batman. I love you. (laughs) Well, and and to be honest,
1: I didn't really fully comprehend it when I was younger. I was like, cool, the Joker's scary. It's kind of scary. It's dark. What am I watching? Um, And I watched Batman the Animated Series before I watched the 1989 Batman film. So was this your first real exposure besides maybe comic books to Batman?
0: Uh, Yeah, it was. What's interesting is that... uh, um, after the 1989 Batman came out, the 60s Batman uh, showed back up again on television because mm-hmm. uh, the whole world had gone back crazy, as it were. And um, the yeah, I saw the movie at the theater and everything, and that was great. But then when I came home from school, I had Adam West's Batman uh, from like whatever four to five. They would show two episodes in a row, so and it was always ended on a cliffhanger. So you always got the back to back, but other than comic books, yes, this was pretty much my first Batman experience. Uh, he was on a couple episodes of like Scooby Doo and such, so uh, that was cool as a kid and everything. But ultimately, um, aside from like Super Friends and cartoons, this was this was it. This was Batman brought to life, and I loved it. And what's interesting is uh, Batman's not in it a whole lot, which is which is crazy too because the movie's called Batman, and Jack Nicholson's the first name in the credits. <laughs> and and batman's barely in it
1: so i'm glad you say that actually because i'm going to transition to this topic um so since this was the first real big screen exposure to batman for a general audience um i mean you have your hardcore comic fans right but and we had our adam west batman but that was him punching sharks and dancing and whatnot right so this was a and surfing and surfing this was a big film and it was a big chance for the modern um moviegoers to see what what can happen and and who batman is um by now everyone really knows like it's 2019 every everyone pretty much knows batman's origin story in this film we jump right into the action, and we see this great reveal of Batman six minutes in, right, where it's dark. He, he chases down those bad guys on the rooftop. Um, But we're kind of just uh, made to believe this world he's in. We don't know his origin until maybe midway through the movie. Um, Also, with that, we also see... The we additionally see the origin of Joker. Now, this is not how the comic books have made Joker, and actually Joker's true origin has had a lot of... Um, there's ambiguity for that as well. I mean, there's different iterations of what ha- has actually happened. Uh, Jack Napier was, uh, I believe, only a film uh, origin that Tim Burton created. So since Tim Burton did this, he kind of had the origin story halfway through the movie. Uh, he changed Joker's origins. I would argue, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, that this is actually Joker's film. This is not Bruce Wayne Batman's film. This is Joker's film. What, yeah. what, what, do, you, what do you think about
0: that? I agree 100%. Um, I've, I've actually felt that way for a while because he's the one that gets the, the story. We see him as who... I mean, so it, it's kind of... It's a muddled thing because... Joker such he's one of those characters that they they keep kind of uh ambiguous with his story and where he's coming from and um that one guy my my favorite Alan Moore you know with the killing joke oh gosh yes you know oh, there there's a masterpiece yeah there's an origin story there um but I I really like where they go with this one you know you just you're you're along for the ride and you see what he has what he loses and how he deals with it, and I think that's fantastic.
1: And I'm intrigued um, on how you know we have this new iteration uh, with Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker in that standalone film directed by Todd Phillips. So we'll see kind of what happens with that, and that's a whole other origin that we've never seen before. Um, so can can lightning strike twice? I mean, with taking the Joker origin. And making it something completely new and, and different. Um I I I think it can. And Jack Nicholson is just so good and he's such an amazing actor. Um, you really see how psychotic he is in this film. Um he's he he's different than Heath Ledger's Joker, where Heath Ledger's Joker is essentially a psychopath. Um and he's more kind of how can I how can I put this? Um He's more kind of just crazy, like flat out crazy. Uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker seems a little more calculated and just maniacal, Um, where he is coherent and he knows what's going on and he's greedy and and what have you. But my gosh, man, he's uh, he knocks it out of the park. I love Jack Nicholson as Joker, and it's very it's a very hard argument between him and Heath
0: Ledger. And, oh, Jared, yeah. and Jared Leto, but yeah, <laughs> oh, Jared Leto sucked. Oh man, I hate that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. was, I hate the strong word. It's it's an Academy Award winning movie. <laughs> oh, the soundtrack is, which is insane to me. But
1: yeah, mm-hmm. um, but I, I it, it's it's so interesting because yeah, I, I would say that this is Joker's at film. Um, he is one of the most iconic villains in any piece of work, any piece of fiction out there and uh, we constantly see that he's the antithesis to Bruce Wayne. He is everything that Bruce Wayne is not. Uh, and I, that's why I think it's so fun to get into that dichotomy of what he is. And this was our first big, big exposure to the Joker. Um, so I'd say they laid a pretty solid foundation and it was hard to fill those shoes, right? Um, one question when we see the origin of, of Joker with Jack Napier uh, with a cut-up face and everything and uh, Batman is holding his, his hand as he's hanging over the ledge, if you look – and I noticed this again the first time I rewatched it was – and maybe this is just because Michael Keaton's an, an awesome actor, but he had zero emotion on his face. And if you kind of see Michael Keaton's eyes, it's almost like he wants to let go of Jack. It's, it's very, very unclear, but you can kind of see. Like, did you know what I'm saying? Did you notice that at all? Yeah. Like, I was questioning the whole time. Holy shit, did he actually let him go, or could he have pulled him up? Because he's holding on for a decent amount. Like, why didn't he try to, like, pull or do anything? That stone you... gargle is pretty heavy. Yeah, but man, like, Vicky Vale is heavy, too. Kind of, maybe. <laughs> I don't more know. More than 108. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> but uh, do you think he let him fall?
0: Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I really don't. Yeah, there's this, there's that whole moment when he says, you killed my parents. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I made you, you made me first. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, something about that, that kind of resonated with me. And I think that when they, when he's holding them there and he has his life in the balance, I don't, I don't think he lets them go on purpose. I, I think he, I think they kind of have a a moment of eye intercourse, and <laughs> and, and the statue is just too heavy. So,
1: I, I I think I agree with you for the most part. Um, I will try to play devil's advocate on this though, because I think that Tim Burton has done such a good job in this film of switching around your preconceived notions of what batman is where yes he's dark but he also is about truth and justice kind of like superman right um but this is a movie where you know the stakes are so much higher because now the joker is pinned for killing bruce's parents which never happened in the comics um up until that point but it never happened in the comics. Um, you also have uh, the fact that he's switching things up, even with the casting of Michael Keaton. Bruce Wayne is always that playboy billionaire. Michael Keaton is a nervous, bumbling, kind man who doesn't seem like a typical Bruce Wayne. So why make him a typical, I'm going to save you type of Batman? He doesn't really save the Joker when he's hanging off the roof or when he yeah shoots the thing around the gargoyle, right? And he falls. I mean... That gargoyle's heavy. <laughs> he's 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 pretty smart, and he's got
0: to know that that's probably not going to hold for very long. I know, but I mean, I think in that moment, though, like when he's when he's holding on to him, I don't know. It's weird. I I gonna... I, I, I want to believe that he didn't mean to kill him, although the Tim Burton Batman is quite the murderous sort <laughs> you know he, he drops bombs at that axis chemical place and blows the whole goddamn thing up he throws the guy off the the top of the stairs in the church and batman returns he burns a guy he blows up a guy um there's,
1: there's a lot of death in his movies
0: yeah he, he murders a lot of people <laughs> but i i feel like in this moment it's it's different because <laughs> he he shoots the the grappling hook thing around him but it's it's really that's It's Jack that's holding on to that ladder and 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 the Joker decides to let go. He can't he can't hold on anymore. He
1: he just did arms the day before, though. He's tired.
0: Yeah, it's it's not it's not like it's not like Batman is is letting go of his grip or anything. He's he has the statue around him and Jack or around Joker's leg and and the statue. So Batman doesn't have to hold on to anything. You know, it's it's Jack's will to to hang on as the helicopter's pulling away, and it's just too heavy, and he lets go.
1: Okay, so let's say the the whole roof thing didn't happen, and let's say he—I love the—you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? And he punches <laughs> and the shit out of him, yeah. So what if—let's let, let, say he um, subdues Joker. Is he going to take him to jail, or is he going to throw him off the roof? Mm, I think he's going to take him to jail. I think he's going to be like, oops, he slipped, and throw him off the roof. He wants
0: vengeance. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had when he's in his Batwing, he's got his face in his sights and he shoots, but he misses.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, what's really interesting. So that scene, uh, there's a lot rewatching this. Uh, there's a lot from this that parallel the Dark Knight uh, that the Dark Knight borrowed. So I thought that that was really neat. So like that scene where uh, he's flying and, and Joker's just standing there and he's basically taunting him to come shoot him. Mm hmm. And Bruce completely misses. I think that was on purpose, but they you, we see that in The Dark Knight. Remember, you know, the part he's like, come on, I want you to do what I want you to do, it. I want you to hit right. Um I, I thought that was really cool. Also, the roof scene where he's hanging, uh, the gargoyle, if it was reversed, that's what Bruce does to the Joker, throws him off the roof, shoots him by the leg, and he's hanging from his his grappling hook, and he saves him in that sense, so he doesn't die. Uh, But they they did borrow quite a bit from this film. They borrowed In the Dark Knight. Uh, Also, the scene, the super awesome scene when we uh, see the Joker right after he kills Jack Palance and he goes to the mob bosses meeting, he electrocutes that one mob boss to kind of make a point right mm-hmm. that that's just like the magic trick scene when we first get introduced to the joker in the dark knight and he makes the pencil disappear that was kind of like that same setting right he introduces himself to the mob and he's like oh i basically own you mm-hmm. uh, so it was it was really cool to uncover that and and so if anything watching watching the dark knight first then watching this it, it you really appreciate this batman so much more for laying that foundation for the, the future Batman films.
0: Right. So. I, I think the whole, the whole point of that mob scene was to show like, you know, how terrifying he really is. Exactly. Yeah, well, and, how, and
1: that's, that's how it was for the Dark Knight scene too.
0: Yeah. yeah. These guys aren't, these guys are supposed to be in charge and now they're terrified. These guys mean businesses. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad you did so um i asked that earlier too with uh tim burton's awesome style and how, how gotham essentially is its own character in the film um tim burton is known for this kind of aesthetic in his films we see it with *A Nightmare before christmas uh we see it with edward Scissorhands*, hands and we see it with well to a certain extent we see it with things like big fish too his more happier tones um but what tone in this film do you think Tim Burton was really going for? Um, was this a obviously it's a darker Batman film, but was it so dark that it couldn't be a kids film? What is it supposed to be rated PG thirteen? Like how how do you feel this the tone was for this film?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I guess it's a dark movie, but it's a it's a very dark subject matter too. I mean, this guy's only out fighting crime because his parents were murdered so it makes sense for it to be uh you know a damaged and dirty city <laughs> you know what i mean yeah 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 Yeah. It, it, it seems silly to have it be all crazy bright lights and 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 nonsense but like with uh, I mean, not, not that a dark movie doesn't mean it has to be hard to see. <laughs> you know, the tone itself is, is pretty dark and the architecture in the the shots just lead me to believe that this is a cold and scary place. You know, there's all these giant menacing statues that are holding, you know, streetlights and and the buildings look all kinds of crazy and they're they're stone Uh, concrete walls and you know there's it's just very unforgiving and i think that each shot sort of captures that you don't get a lot of shots of gotham but when you do it just looks like a very intense city and um i think he has a lot of uh that
1: 1940s feel 1950s feel with the architecture but then it also could be modern times now because they have all this tech like Bruce has all this tech, and obviously they didn't have that in the 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. but it takes on this whole persona because it's so big, and you feel so encapsulated in this city where you could turn a corner, and boom, there's people trying to rob you or something, and right. um, and so I think the set design, it's all backlot, obviously, but the set design is, is so cool. It's it's one of my favorite things of the movie. And you said that for the darkness, um, I think Tim Burton is so good at this. But his use of lighting and shadows to reveal big character moments is so well done. And the scene that I love the most is the opening, mon- well, not the opening, but the monologue after Jack becomes the Joker and he goes back to uh, Jack Palance's essentially office and he's talking slowly and he's like oh is that you jack and we we can subtly see that he his face is different because we haven't seen what he looks like yet right and we can subtly see what he looks like and he slowly walks in and then has the big reveal and it is so well done I, I just I was like wow as as I saw that I thought that
0: that was brilliant right. um, and then and the music starts playing like the circusy music yeah and exactly he starts shooting all over the place like over his shoulder <laughs> behind his back he's not hitting anything you hear like the bullets whizzing all over the place <laughs> and he doesn't even care
1: that's what's that I think that's why he was so good he right. was so maniacal and just. That's what's the scariest thing is he just uh, – he didn't care at all, um, even, like, with the electrocution thing and, um, yeah. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I, I thought that uh, he was going for a darker tone for this film for sure, and I think it definitely spawned uh, – darker superhero films that we see nowadays. I mean, Man of Steel, we saw what Zack Snyder was trying to do with that. Um, Even the Nolan uh, Batman films are darker. Um, I'm sure there's other superhero movies. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now that um, are are dark kind of like that, but you you get it nitty gritty because you're dealing with somebody who psychologically isn't all there. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about the Joker. I'm talking about Bruce Wayne too. Um, He has this whole psychological aspect that, I'm not qualified to talk about because I went to ITT Tech. and not
0: (laughs) (laughs) Earned your degree from
1: home. Earned my degree from (laughs) University of Phoenix Online. And no offense (laughs) to anybody who went to any of those, I have some friends who went to, and they're actually smarter than I am. So, yeah, take that for what's worth.
0: And Um, and I also like how uh, we haven't really talked about him much, but Alexander Knox, this character, this reporter that is trying to get the scoop on Batman, and no one's cooperating with him. You know, he talks to um, Eckhart and he's like, you know, is there a six-foot bat in Gotham City? And, um, you know, they say he he's six feet tall. They say he drinks blood. And he's like, I say you're full of shit, Knox, and all that stuff. Like, he's, he's not getting any help. And then when he does get a lifeline, it's Vicky Vale. And she has this whole spread on Cordo Maltese, which is this fictional whatever island in in comic books which is a really cool easter egg and everything and i like how they work the trail together to prove that batman exists and i think there's a lot going on in this movie but we're just focused on batman and joker Mm -hmm. which is which is a good thing but i think it's these little like subtle pieces that add to it as a whole which is fantastic
1: yeah. And we get we get introduced to Harvey Dent, which, as everyone should know, is Two-Face um, by Billy D. Williams, which was, again, another fun casting choice by Tim Burton, because in the comics, Harvey Dent was white and Billy D. Williams is black. Um, there were talks of if they were to continue this, they were going to introduce Two-Face in the third Batman film that Tim Burton was supposed to make and. Um, and then he would become two, Two-Face. And could you imagine a Billy Dee Williams Two-Face? That That'd would be crazy. so cool. Yeah. He'd, he'd be so cool, too. He'd be like, hey there, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have capes and stuff. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm trying to keep it short and sweet for, for the original Batman. It's it's, it's a fantastic movie. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to reveal what I think about it until we do, I guess, the end of this episode. And then I'll compare it to the other uh, other 3 total but a couple of things Justin was this movie entertaining to you absolutely i agree it still there, is today and it, I, it holds up I absolutely agree. I think it does. I think there's a couple parts when it's like, oh, well, the fighting is kind of lame. But it is a very fun and fast-paced movie. It, it it doesn't get boring. Um, They they do a good job with it. And Alfred. Uh, Michael. Oh, Goff- man.
0: He's, his timing, his comedic timing is fantastic. Like when he when sticks he,
1: the pen in the tree and he walks yeah, by and just he grabs it.
0: Runs and grabs it. And when he puts the, the drink down on the table, he runs and grabs it. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Oh, he's so great. I uh, love that, and and you know another thing too is Batman is the world's greatest detective, and it is Batman who solves the the riddle behind, um, you know the Smilex... uh, what do you call it? The disease? The yeah, the recipe that he has where mm-hmm. you know using the the deodorant or or lipstick and blah 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 the combinations. You know, oh yes, he solves yeah. the he solves the riddle in how to avoid dying using personal care items, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. No, I think
1: that that was, that was fun that they added that in there. And I honestly forgot about that because I was just like, what are they going to fight? I'm to
0: say fight. <laughs> so yeah, he had, he, had uh, he had to get like a microscope and he needed beakers <laughs> and safety goggles. His, his personal protective equipment. He called it Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah. Like 19 TVs. <laughs> None of them are the
1: same size. Um, was this movie cast accordingly? And that kind of goes on to just we, what we were saying. Um, I think top to bottom, yes. I, I, I think Michael Keaton is such a good Bruce Wayne. He presents a different type of Bruce Wayne. Um, he's, he's authentic. Michael Keaton is a fantastic actor, and, and it sucks that it took a while for him to really, really break out. But, yeah, I, I think they cast this pretty well top to bottom. What, what do you say?
0: Absolutely. And, cool. you know, I'm actually a fan of uh, Pat Hingle as uh, Commissioner Gordon
1: yeah um not my favorite i appreciate that he's in all four films of the 90s but i i mean michael Caine's my favorite mm-hmm.
0: I, I think they did that to sort of have a continuity in this universe yes um you know alfred is the same commissioner yes. is the same and it just kind of and then they mention the nipples Selina, are the same they mentioned <laughs> selena kyle they mentioned vicky <laughs> vale and other batman movies yeah and it all just kind of ties together that way
1: um, so, did this follow the comic lore? Uh, yes and no. Um, I, like we were saying earlier, it 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 definitely. I mean,
0: there's a Batman and there's a
1: Joker, <laughs> but that's <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, and there's a Gotham, and that's and that's kind of it. And there's a Vicki Vale, but she kind of was uh, a side character and wasn't in much. Um, so that was cool that they developed her. So, um, what changes would you have made if you if you could do anything? What what would you make?
0: Sure, I would not have killed the Joker. I think that's the biggest takeaway.
1: Yes, for me. I 100% agree with that. Um, I would have added more Bat-tech. I wanted to see more Batman tech. Um, the only gadgets we really saw, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, that I can think of, uh, is his huge, huge, inconvenient grappling hook, double grappling hook thing that when, when he saves Vicky uh, from... At the museum? Yeah. Excuse me. Ooh, uh... He carries that in and it's like that's really cumbersome. But that was
0: kind of one of the only things we really saw, right? Well then as Batmobile with the shield tech and and, and I mean, the and the the Batwing. I mean he's he's got two vehicles in this movie. That's pretty badass too. But I'm but I'm talking I'm talking like his gadgets, not his
1: vehicles. Any any geek on the street can drive a car. I mean not every geek. Uh one thing I I would change in this is Yes, I want to keep the suit looking good, but I got to have some sort of thing where he can turn and and fight better because the fighting to me, it just it sucked. It wasn't it wasn't great. Um, I went with it because I was just enjoying the movie as a whole. But the fighting is the thing that I was like, eh, I can do without that. Um, They could they could they could change it and make it look better, I think. So um, weakest point for you. What was
0: the weakest point in the film for you? Whew. It's a toughie,
1: man. Uh, The fat uh, police, the lieutenant, the guy, whatever his name. Oh yeah, yeah, Eckhart, Lieutenant Eckhart. Did not like him.
0: He's kind of like a Harvey Bullock.
1: Yeah, except uh, he was way worse. Harvey Bullock is awesome, actually, in the
0: in the cartoons and stuff. But he sucked, Eckhart. I mean, he's not he's not in it much. No. I answer to Grissom, not to psychos. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got can... no future, Jack. Yikes! He's got a fat guy voice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's your weakest point?
0: Mm. You know, I don't know. I'm. Uh, I'm not really sure. I have to, I have to think about that because <laughs> I, I really like. I mean, I think yeah. it takes, I think the stair climb up the church is a bit much. It is quite a bit much. That it, it there's a part when from the, from the parade to the rooftop seems like forever. Almost like Batman forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Batman uh, Forever is. He just runs upstairs the entire movie. I, I do think that that is a long time. He even he's, you know even Joker's like hey, you know meet us in fi- uh, you know five minutes. He's like better make it ten minutes because <laughs> <laughs> it's so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a long climb.
1: Okay. I like it. Uh, what about strongest point for you? Um, what is the, what is the 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 biggest moment in the film for you, or or strongest thing in the film for you? I'm gonna say. This is, well, no, I'm not gonna say the Joker because I think that's a cop out. I'm going to say the reveal of him saying, "I, I'm Batman," because that good. when we that's six minutes in and it's like, "Oh my God, he said it." <laughs> we were, it's like when he's like, "Thank you so
0: much." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good line there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of like when he goes to access chemicals. And they see Batman for the first time. When the police see Batman for the first time. That was pretty cool. You know, they're, they're trying to... There's, there's three things happening. There's uh, Eckhart's men who are trying... You know, they shoot the kill. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, then, and then there's Gordon's men who are saying... You know, he's saying, he's got a different approach. You know, I want him alive and be careful. Be very, very careful. And then there's Batman who's going around and just taking him out one at a time. You know, he's got people hanging from ropes. He's knocking fools out. And then he meets uh, Jack Napier for the first time. And that's really cool. And then the getaway with the smoke bomb and then leaving and then being like, Oh my God, what the hell did we just see? I, I think that we are very much like the audience in that. Uh, the audience is very much like commissioner Gordon in that scene where we're just like, what the fuck is happening right now? This is crazy. Yeah, no, I a hundred
1: percent agree with that. I think that's a very good assertion of, of what went on. So um, cool. All right. Well, Uh, We are now going to transition to the second film, Batman Returns, 1992. I was, math, five. (laughs) You were... Twelve. Twelve. Okay. You were twelve. So, again, you had a better mindset for this. And you also were still coming down from the high of Batman. I was coming down from the high of, like, eating chicken nuggets for the first time. (laughs) So... Yeah, yeah, We forgot to mention the music. Uh, the oh, Prince, my gosh. Prince doing yes. the music. Uh, I'm fantastic. So I'm so sorry. Yeah, Prince did the music. And I think that that well, but Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman
0: did the score and then yeah. Prince did the the actual songs. Yeah. Danny Elfman in general
1: is, is so good and he's so iconic. Um, it is something I'll pose later after the second episode of what uh, what composer you think is, is the best, because I actually really like Hans Zimmer, too. I love Danny Elfman, but, but I'm not going to reveal my answer now. Um, but he he does such a good job with the theme and with everything because it's so iconic. Um, but yes, the Prince music is is just fun, and every time I I hear that Prince song, I don't know what it's called, I automatically think of a parade. And oh, trust. I, and this, yeah, and the scary ass balloons they they yeah. terrified me. <laughs>
0: He's like, they stole my balloon. <laughs> Why did somebody
1: <laughs> tell me you had one of those things? <laughs> And he pulls out that huge gun yeah, at his pants. Like, he had that the whole time at his pants? Jeez. Um, Gotta wait for the right gig. Yeah. <laughs> Transition now. Three years into the future, we have Batman Returns 1992. Having defeated the Joker, Batman now faces the Penguin, a warped and deformed individual who is intent on being accepted into Gotham society. Crooked businessman Max Shrek is coerced into helping him become mayor of Gotham, and they both attempt to expose Batman in a different light. Earlier, however, Selena Kyle, Max's secretary, is thrown from the top of a building and is transformed into Catwoman, a mysterious figure who has the same personality disorder as Batman. Batman must attempt to clear his name all the time, deciding just what must be done with Catwoman. Uh, thank you, Graham Roy from the UK for that uh, synopsis. So, uh, Justin, Batman Returns. Tonally, it, it is uh, a, a shift from the 89 Batman. What did
0: you think of Batman Returns? Uh, first time I saw it, I I don't remember liking it as a 12-year-old boy. I thought it was okay. Um, it wasn't nearly as fun. Um, it, it, it was a different kind of fun. It was creepy, you know, circus, clowns, you know, that sort of thing. Penguin's pretty gross looking. But I remember not... Really caring for it too much as a twelve-year-old, but then when I watched it again—I mean, I've seen a hundred times—but at some point in my adult life, there a uh, switch flipped, and I appreciated it a lot more. I I definitely enjoyed it more as an adult than I did as a child.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember it as a child. I just remember it being disgusting and and terrifying when I was a kid. Um, but after rewatching it recently, uh, I love it. I think it is, it is so good. And, um, yeah, it's just Tim Burton does a great job with this one too. And, uh, we'll get into our exact thoughts on that, but I forgot to read the cast members. So Batman Returns, 1992, uh stars Michael Keaton again as uh, Batman Bruce Wayne, Danny DeVito plays the Penguin, Michelle Pfeiffer plays Catwoman, Christopher Walken is Mac- Max Shrek, Michael Goff, did we say Goff or Go? Go. Michael oh. Go it reprises the roles, as Alf- Alfred. Um Pat Hingle again as Commissioner Gordon, and the rest are just kind of there. And the rest. <laughs> <laughs> so um do you have the reviews up for Batman Returns?
0: Yeah. Cool. Let's, uh, let's hear some. Go sure. it. It's so good. <laughs> Peter Bradshaw from Guardian says, A Strange Beast. Ooh. A Strange About, Beast? <laughs> yeah, which is funny because Jay Carr uh, from Boston Globe says, Batman Returns is the rarest of Hollywood beasts, a sequel that's better than the original. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know about Ooh, I, I like this guy. Yeah, J. Carr. Send him a letter. As Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands reminded us, Burton always has been more absorbed by what his audience sees than by what his movies say. So that's interesting because he's saying, yeah, check out these amazing sets. Don't really worry about what the movie's all about. Just soak up all the eye candy and then throw <laughs> up all over it. <laughs> kind of weird yeah uh, uh it's the kind of, it's the kind of film which has great stills but never quite comes alive when it actually moves likely to win at the box office quicker than it does in the mind that was derek malcolm hmm i feel like we've read derek malcolm's quotes before all right new rule no malcolm quotes anymore Ah, uh, he sucks he's all negative Routine car chases and explosions do not make a mildly dull film exciting. <laughs> wow, that's harsh. Yeah, Mark Amory of uh, The Spectator. Jeez. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a sweet little Batmobile ride that Penguin has. <laughs> Put a <laughs> quarter in it and it just kind of goes forward a little bit. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> that was a fun scene. I like that one a lot. <laughs> screaming the whole time um is that it is that all you got uh i think so oh here we go i might agree with this one uh rachel wagner she was the one that didn't understand the appeal of the last movie (laughs) remember her from rachelreviews.net.org.gov.edu oh yeah she says the penguin running for the penguin running for office plot line is a snooze fest um, I might agree with that. I wish he was doing something a little bit more menacing. I mean, kidnapping Gotham's firstborn sons mm-hmm. is more menacing, but I feel like that is taking the back seat. That is on the caboose of the choo choo that's driving around Gotham, as opposed to being more at the forefront. Okay. I mm-hmm. mean he's an abandoned child. He was he was a he's a dumpster baby and I feel like that should have been more front and center. Mm-hmm okay but whatever
1: what um tell me about the
0: box office uh the box office we have coming in hot batman returns had a budget of 80 million dollars that is more than twice as many millions as the first one (laughs) uh first one was 35 million this one's 80 big difference there and U.S. the domestic box office was 162 million, and then total gross around the world was 266. Um, not nearly 411 million like the 89, but still a commercial success. Still quite a bit of quite a bit of money. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay.
1: Cool. Well, uh, so I, the, I remember I... the
0: I remember the poster. It said the bat, the cat, and the penguin.
1: Yeah no the poster is awesome uh how it kind of starts at the top and they're all linear um yeah. uh the poster is fantastic so <clears throat> um it's a lot darker too it's a darker tone for the poster in general um so the uh i missed what i was going to say um the ip in terms of this i mean again like this helped spark the uh batman the animated series uh with the set designs and just how Tim Burton kind of laid that foundation, but also my personal uh, history with it. I remember my brother and I had a Super Nintendo and we played um, Batman Returns for it. Uh, did you ever play that one? Yeah. Uh, so I really liked it when I was a kid, but then after watching some videos on it, I was like, man, that was not a, that was a dumb game. Yeah. Um, it was, he, I don't know, he fights the penguin for a really long time and I'm like, he just has to punch him once and then he's done. So it, I don't know. <laughs> It was kind of it was kinda of weird. But uh I enjoyed that game when I was a kid.
0: Um, you, know what, you know what's a good uh penguin fight is in Arkham City. Uh I don't remember which uh
1: I, I so I love the Batman games. I just don't remember the penguin fight because it's been years since I played Arkham City. The only fights I truly remember from from those were the Scarecrow one. Um I think that was from Arkham Asylum. No, that was from Arkham City. Uh Mr. Freeze, when you have to fight Mr. Freeze, yeah. uh, because he learns your your tactics and stuff. And then also, also, <laughs> also in uh, Arkham Knight, I think, um, when you fight Deathstroke and it's super hard because you have to he- keep like parrying and then you have to wait for your opening. That one was tough, too. But um, I don't remember the Penguin one. I remember the Joker one, too, when he takes the steroids and becomes crazy. Yeah, I got the roids. Got the roids. Um, fun fact. All right. At least 50 percent of the Warner Brothers lot was taken up with Goth- Gotham City sets. So again, they uh, a lot of this was backlot, obviously, but they really made this big, grand set piece, which was which was, I thought was cool. Um, this was the first film made in Dolby Digital. Huh? I did didn't not know it. didn't know that either. Um, Danny DeVito was advised by friend Jack Nicholson, um, aware of his own financial success with Batman, to take the role of Penguin. I don't know how much he made, but he probably made a lot of money. So probably ate a lot of fish with that money. Um, the cat suit was so tight on Michelle Pfeiffer that she often had trouble hearing her own voice. Tim Burton had to tell her to lower her voice register <laughs> because <laughs> she would often shout, uh, shout her dialogue instead of just saying it. She also passed out because it was so tight. Yikes. Um, I know, isn't that crazy? So, it's, yeah,
0: That's uh, like when you're on the plane and someone's got headphones in and they're just talking as loud as they possibly can. <laughs> to the, the person next to them, <laughs> uh, I know, right? (laughs) Uh,
1: So Batman, he doesn't wear boots. Uh, Michael Keaton, he wore Air Jordans, actually. So that's why he could jump so much, because he wore Air Jordans.
0: Wow. But
1: yeah. So that is all I really have about that. Um, Jump right into it. So again, we talked about the tonal shift of this movie. I think this movie... Um is a you... Christmas, movie? Batman, yes. the Christmas movie? So that was so weird. When you said that the other week, you're like, it's a Christmas movie. I did not believe you. And then you are right. It is a Christmas film. Um the entire thing is based around Christmas. It takes place within a few days of Christmas, essentially. Um, and even at the end, Alfred is essentially like Merry Christmas, basically. Um that is so that's so interesting to me. But I like how that setting was, but um, I, I mean the set pieces in the city as as a whole. Gotham is a lot um, more enclosed in this one. It, it feels like we only
0: see film... that one avenue.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we film it. We film in like six places, right? We film yeah. in like the zoo, uh, the Batcave, uh, Bruce's house, Max Shrek's office. And then Main like Street, the rooftop, the rooftops and then Main Street. And that's it. Those are the only places, right? That's like the only place in this. So it was very interesting that he cut it down to just that.
0: Um, what do you think he did that? Probably because the set pieces were so large that it just was easier.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think he he upped the game too because he had a. Did I'm sorry? Did he have a bigger budget for this one? Yeah, it was eighty million versus oh five million. So two. 2.2 times more of what he had. Yeah,
0: I was like, that's like, that's more than twice as many millions.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a lot of millions. Uh, so I, I think that he was able to use that and focus more on the action and focus more on uh, things that he would do in the film. Because, I mean, we get to see, you know, his boat, like the bat boat thing. Uh, and that was really cool because he could do different stuff with it. Uh, the Batmobile was in more more use in this film. Um, did he have, a, did he fly the plane in this one? No. Okay. He, so, he
0: had the glider cape.
1: Yeah. He, there you go. He had the glider cape. Um, there was, uh, it was cooler reveals to see how to get to the back cave. Like when he reaches into the fish tank and he like flips the little house light or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. That, that's very cumbersome. Cause what if you are wearing a suit? You don't want to take your jacket off. Like right. he did. It's annoying. Right.
0: I love it when he's sitting in the chair and then the bat symbol gets in yes. the sky and then all the bat symbols turn on around his house so he can see it no matter what room he was in. And then he stands up like oh yeah. Well
1: it's weird because he's just sitting in the chair waiting for something to happen like he's like huh, I'm going to brood here until
0: the bat. Oh hey look right on cue. <laughs> I, yeah I, well I think it's like uh, you know he, Batman can't take a night off like he wants to like he can't go entertain himself because something's going to come up. So now he's just kind of waiting. That would be that in. would
1: be so annoying.
0: You couldn't yeah. join a kickball league. You couldn't go out for trivia. I mean, that just would be. I know, so and then annoying. and then you have, you have to lie to everybody. Yeah, which which yeah. is what I hate the most. Like with superheroes, it's always better when your friends find out the truth. That way, you don't have to sound like an asshole lying to everybody all the time. Secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets hurt someone. <laughs> yeah. Benjamin, what's he
1: say? Benjamin Franklin was actually kind of an asshole, and the stripper, the stripper was right. Hey, <laughs> okay, um, Morgan Freeman narrating. <laughs> uh, I really like the way that they jumped right into the action with this movie, uh, kind of like Batman, except on a bigger scale. You know, like we were saying, they, they, we have the little quick origin story of the penguin, which was a fun little Paul Rubens thing in there. And uh, this is a different origin story than the penguin because uh, Oswald Cobblepot was just a, he wasn't deformed. He was just a short, fat kid who had a long nose and, he was bullied. He he had a an affinity for ornithology, so he loved birds and that's how he got the nickname Penguin. Um and he always would put on the show of being richer than he really was. Uh but in this, he's an actual, like, essential freak. And that's why his parents put him in the river, which was awful, which is so awful. Um, but uh, I thought that that right off the bat was like, OK, he's definitely taking his Tim Burton um, liberties here and creating his own character. Uh, but the action got started right away because then we see Batman drive in. He starts fighting all the clowns and whatnot, um, knocking them out with like one punch. And I thought that that was really, really cool. How they just, you know, no muss, no fuss. Um, so do the dark tones in this film make it better than the original and just just. Just hear me out because we're seeing it in a different light. It's a bigger budget. Uh, It's I would say like the Penguin is is pretty nasty in this one. Is that kind of gross out factor more in line and more in tune with how Tim Burton envisioned this world he was creating?
0: Uh, Maybe. I, I think it is more of just we had something really good. How can we make it bigger? You know, like. Not necessarily better, but how are we going to make it bigger? And I feel like it was just falls into that line with the sequels where um, rather than have one villain, now we're going to have two villains or three villains. And now it it was a little bit violent, but now we're going to make it even more violent. You know, just trying to throw more to up the ante. And Mm -hmm. I really think that that's all this turned out to be. Mm -hmm. I think it was just, you know, we were at an eight. How can we make it a ten?
1: six minutes, man. What kind of workout are you going to get in six minutes? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, I, I think that taking that is, you're right. He, he, he they wanted to up that Annie and get it to that next point. I don't think he went overboard on it though. I really think that it, he did a very good job of mixing it all in. And cause sometimes in certain superhero movies, if you have too many, uh, heroes or villains, <clears throat> X-Men three, um, that Spider-Man could, Three. Oh God, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man Two. <man>. two.
0: <laughs> Spider-Man.
1: I like um, Spider-Man Two. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the Andrew Amazing Garfield Spider-Man. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. no. Okay. Spider-Man Two is my favorite Spider-Man. Like yeah. Doc Ock, it's incredible. <laughs> you have the same cup size as Doc. Ock. Yeah, Hawk. I do. <laughs> Shop at the
0: same store too. <laughs>
1: so I, I i think he took it he took a gamble on it and i think it really paid off um the so again selena kyle's origin Catwoman's origin is completely different in this film and it's a lot darker than what it was because she was just a, a gymnast jewel thief in the comics and this one she gets killed and then basically <laughs> reincarnated by cats which is a thing apparently
0: yeah it kind of goes down the uh the magical world there it's kind of it's weird and I, so weird. I and when she's falling through the canopies, you know, yeah. like the little yeah. awnings. I I always think of when the sister kicks the shit out of Rooney in Ferris Bueller. Because <laughs> she when she when they jump out and scare each other, they both scream, and then she kicks them in the face and it's cut to where it's like done like three times. And oh, that's yeah. exactly what it's like when she's falling through the, the tarps. <laughs> I and I'm just not keep I'm just like, Rooney? Arr! Rooney? Rooney? <laughs>
1: Oh, Jennifer Grey. Um,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. So, so she gets she gets eaten and resurrected from cat They eat her up and then they spit her out as a hairball, and she comes back to life.
1: Dude, even when she's making her suit, like when she has she's sewing it and sticking the needles through it, I I, I go painted. so. I was like cringing because I was like, oh, don't, don't. You're going to stab yourself, please. Just stop. It was so cool. And Michelle Pfeiffer is fantastic. Not only is she gorgeous. I mean, she is she's my cat woman. I mean, she's just incredible. Um, and she was such a good she did such a good job in this film, too. But uh, I love how they had that where she was kind of like dowdy at first. You know, you they made her real nerdy looking and just unsure of herself. And then she gets super sexy from cats. And, but then you have her eyes kind of like bloodshot and everything. Um, I, I thought Catwoman possibly stole a show for me in this one.
0: Sure.
1: I, I think she was my, she was my joker.
0: I think she, she definitely crossed over. (laughs) Like she dies and she comes back different. (laughs) Yeah. She's got this crazy look in her eye. Uh, she's in a very dark place. But then all of a sudden, she has the, the, the what is it? like acrobats of a, of a cat, to where she's flipping a thousand times, and she took a, she watched a YouTube video on how to use a whip, and she's amazing all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I don't quite get how that works, but I'm willing to suspend my disbelief and just assume that on the weekends, she took a, a whip cracking class. Hell yeah, cats like whips, didn't you know that? Well, the lions in the circus
1: did not. Ah, That's it's true. Um, do you think that there was a weird? So I thought it was a very apparent connection. They all were animals. You have Batman, you have the Penguin, and you have Catwoman. Yeah. What is the significance?
0: Oh, so others said the bat, the cat, and the penguin. <laughs> yeah.
1: Other than they are were in the comics and stuff long before this. Um, I wonder if there's a significance there. I don't know. Maybe it's all of our animal instincts.
0: Maybe. What animal do you want to be?
1: Um, I want to be... Hmm. I want to be a bear. A grizzly bear. Because then I, people would be scared of me. But then I'm like, hey, I'm actually a gentle giant catching salmon. And people would be like, oh, it's so pretty. And take pictures of me from a distance. Like they do now. There you go. What about you? I'd be an elephant. Because it's oh. okay to be fat. <laughs> grizzly bears are fat too. That's true. I gotta got hibernate. Um, so, I think that what you were saying, er, well, not sorry, not you. Um, <laughs> uh Ra- not you. Rachel dot com or whatever was saying but how
0: RebeccaRomain poli- dot <laughs> you
1: Netscape. Uh, she was she was talking about politics and how they they were in the film and and. Or was that you that was saying that you didn't really like the politic aspect the political There's, aspect?
0: so she was saying that sh- him running for mayor wasn't it was a snooze fest. she said okay. something to that effect, yeah, and I was inclined to agree. The penguin running for office plotline is a snooze fest. that was what she had said, and uh, while i I agree there was there was. You know, he had an, all, another agenda, but, you know, the mayor thing wasn't even on the table for him. When, when it was Max Shrek who said, hey, let's make you mayor. Mm-hmm. And Penguin, Cobblepot was, was caught off guard. He's like, uh, elections are in November. Is this not, you know, late December? And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, we can change all that. Have a recall, see, and, <laughs> and recount the votes, see, and put you on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was Max Shrek's uh, plot, because he wanted someone in power that could then lean with him inside on his power plant. Well, and so I'll, um, I'll respectfully uh,
1: disagree with your inclination earlier because I think that... Like, and I, and I, I will agree with you that it was kind of... They kind of just threw the plot away after a little bit, and you're like, oh, why did we do that? But the more I thought about it, um so oswald cobblepot was all about the the fabrication right like he pretended to be something that he wasn't um but he in reality he he understood that he wasn't like that and and at the heart of it when batman would defeat him and stuff he would be not what you expected him to be and so politics politicians that's all they do they are a front, <laughs> they put on a, a happy face, and they're, they're puppets. Um, so I think it was maybe Tim Burton's way of like sticking it to the man kind of in this, but it was also his, his nod to Oswald's upbringing um, because he took his own liberties with this and made him a, a circus freak, essentially abandoned by his parents. Um, I also like the part when, remember when um, his PR team, Tries to give him like that his signature cigarette on that tube thing. I don't know what those are called. Yeah, a cigarette he, holder. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, like his. It's like the fancy one, uh, and he yeah. spit. He spits it right out. It's almost like Tim Burton is like, "Fuck your expectations" with that, and he spits it right out. I thought that was so cool, and I think that fits into the political game in this thing, because um, it's always someone playing someone else. I mean, he plays Catwoman to get to Batman, and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, but but he's. For Penguin, it's more of a Liza Doolittle sort of mentality where he it's like a fish-out-of-water story where he is one way. He's an animal, and he gets put in to the high society, and he has to fit in. And he starts to enjoy it. At first, he's like, what are you guys talking about? I'm not going to do that. And then he gets a taste of it. He enjoys it. And then he gets thwarted by Batman, and the world sees him for who he really is, a creep. And then that's when he's, when, you know, the his, even his own henchman tries to call him Oswald, and he's like, my name's not Oswald, That's Penguin, and I'm an animal, and blah, 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 blah. He, <laughs> he, he accepts that that is who he really is. And, and this Tim Burton penguin accepts that's who he really is. Mm-hmm. He is a circus freak and he is damaged and he can't do anything other than damage the rest of the world and he wants to blow it up okay yeah
1: okay that makes sense i can totally see that um i i let's talk about how gross he was though too um really gross like really gross i mean like his his whole bodysuit, like his butt looked really weird. It just, I mean, dude, he was. And Danny DeVito is awesome, and I love Danny DeVito. I think he's a great actor. Um, I like him in twins. I like him in everything. He looks just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He looks movie. just like his twin. But um, <laughs> like I, the fact that he was eating those fish, his his you know. When he bites the guy's nose, the PR guy's nose, I hated that part so much when I was a kid. I still hated it. It for some reason could
0: be worse. My nose could be gushing gushing
1: blood. blood. He just bites it. Um, I think that's also him saying like, "I'm gonna completely do a 180 on your high society Oswald Cobblepot. He's going to be a." freak and disgusting and he's he's a sex fiend which is always so gross like he when he sees Catwoman on the bed he's like just the pussy i've been looking for <laughs> yeah it's like whoa it's like hey man you're not gonna get that because that's disgusting but yeah. um he was just vile now uh mcdonald's and i think Disney? No, McDonald's was it's in McDonald's, a, yeah. yeah, was in an uproar because they were supposed to sell toys of this Batman. <laughs> how do you sell a toy of the
0: penguin? Yeah, it's pretty gross. It's pretty nasty. They're like, man. why don't we just get one of those little birds with a rocket on? That'd be better. <laughs> Is that what they did? I don't, I don't know, but I mean, I would take a penguin with a monocle and a, and a rocket over Danny DeVito.
1: Yeah, but he's a he's a national treasure, Danny DeVito. I mean, has-
0: I I agree, but when he's dripping goo out of his nose and yeah. he's got those gnarly teeth like he smokes 6,000 cigarettes in five minutes. <laughs> not, a, not a fan.
1: He drives his duck mobile. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> That's pretty ridiculous too.
1: That's like four wheel drive too. He can go upstairs and everything. <laughs> Um, I did like his umbrellas. I, I really like the use of his different umbrellas. I'm glad that he obviously didn't take that out. I think that's a, a centerpiece to who the Penguin really is. Um, that's kind of why. I mean, the Penguin knew judo too, so he could he could hold his own in fights um, for the most part. But he he those like st-
0: guys with no skills.
1: <laughs> with both staff skills, yeah. <laughs> he he couldn't. I mean, he couldn't you know stand a chance next uh, to Batman, but um, he could still hold his own against
0: other lowly henchmen, I guess. I think I, think I like a joke, or not a joke, I'm, I'm sorry, I think I like my penguin to be uh, in denial and think that he can fit in with high society, and I want my penguin to, to steal the, the, the works of art, to go to the fancy parties, and to, you know, live the high society life. I don't really like the sewer version of penguin.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Um, I I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I think I just really appreciated um, how Tim Burton was just like, yeah, fuck you. We're going to do my own thing. And so and I like that. I like when di- uh, directors can take liberties like that. Oh, sure. Uh, but-
0: I mean, it's be- it's better than just copying straight out of the book. I mean, people people get so upset when the movies don't follow the book or the comic. And it's like, dude, that's fucking plagiarism They gotta make it different <laughs> i know and also if you were to copy a book it'd be like a six hour movie and i don't know it would suck just just get over it let them recreate it and do their own thing take a risk and if it works for you great if it doesn't drink coke play again what the <laughs> fuck why is it a problem
1: <laughs> honestly i know right fucking noobs um i really liked when uh they hijacked the batmobile i thought that that was really smart and fun they had the blueprints to it and for some reason, they were able to do it really quick and piece it all back together very quick. So um, I thought that that was cool when he's in his little, yeah, his little coin op uh, race car <laughs> yeah. thing. and He's driving it around. Yeah, uh, that was neat. And then they um, how the Batmobile split and oh, no, that was the boat. Sorry, how the boat no, split.
0: No, it was the Batmobile. Did it split? And yeah, it splits into three ways. Yeah.
1: And then, and then the center just goes through the alley. Yeah, so I had the toys for Batman Returns, and I remember I had that, and the Batmobile did split, and I also had the boat, and uh, the boat the the wings weren't strong, and they kept breaking off, so that was a bummer. Uh, I had the Penguin; he had um his umbrella, it was I think it was red and white on it, and uh, it spun on the top, and he had like a little foot footstool thing for it. So it wasn't the one from the movie because the movie they essentially all the Umbrella parts uh, rip off and it's just the wiring that's like a helicopter. Um, But in the in the uh, the toy, it was an actual like red and white one. Kind of like more yeah. akin to the show and the comics and whatnot.
0: Yeah, the toys kind of went an interesting route because uh, they, they kind of started off as the movies and then they sort of just dipped into the TV show. Yeah. And then you just kind of let it all work. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: um I'm curious what uh since they haven't done a penguin, a different iteration of a penguin, um, since this movie. Uh well in the animated series. Who do you think would be a good um a good penguin maybe nowadays? And I'll tell you my pick, but I can wait until or I can just say it and you can think about something, or unless you you know one
0: right off the bat. Well, I mean, there's a penguin on, on Gotham, the T V show. Oh eh. What's his name? Robin Lord or something like eh, that. Yeah. I don't I don't watch that show. Robin Lord Taylor, is that his name? Yeah,
1: I don't. I just don't really like that show that much. I've oh. seen. I saw a couple episodes. I was like, you know what? Not for me. As big of a Batman fan as I am, I just I couldn't get into it. That's so. fine. Uh, I wanted before he died. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I wanted him to play a uh, more sophisticated penguin, like you're saying, where he's trying to conform with society, and he just snaps maybe because he realizes that he does not belong. Uh, he doesn't go under underground or anything, but he realizes he doesn't belong. And Philip Seymour Hoffman was one of my favorite actors of all time, and I thought he would have done such a good job as a penguin in like the yeah. Nolan Nolan universe or something like that. Um, trying to think of anybody else danny devito again
0: right (laughs) less less gross though yeah that'd be tough man um what do you think about the idea of penguin being a female instead of a male i'm totally for that the gender switching is
1: is totally cool especially if you can do it well so like a a, are you thinking like a melissa mccarthy no The only reason I say that, and that's not to be rude, but uh she kind of has that that look, but she also is a fantastic actress. And when she really is let go of her um kind of just I don't know, preconceived comedic notions, she does so good. And I think she would be pretty evil. So that would be that'd be cool. But who are you thinking?
0: I, I wasn't thinking. I was just curious.
1: Mm. Curiosity killed the cat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nine times. Um, who's the guy? Um, I think uh, Josh Gad. Yeah, I'm looking online. Ooh, there you go. Um, he was pretty cool. I like him. I think yeah, Josh Gad could be good. Jonah Hill maybe. Uh,
1: yeah, I he's. I think Jonah Hill's a good actor. Um, uh, hard to say. Keenan Thompson. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. <laughs> Nah, he just. Be I don't too know. Funny. Pa- Penguin's a tough character. I think he's one, um, like that. That works well on paper, like a comic, but he's hard to. He's hard to bring to life Cause like- he's just, He's so. Um, what's the word? Ex- you know, he's an eccentric, right? And. It's one of those things where it doesn't always translate well on film. It's like GI Joe. It's a sweet cartoon, but if you made a movie with these guys in their outfits from the cartoon, they would look ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to be fine
1: tuned. And other villains, other villains like killer croc. We saw that in suicide squad. That was awful. It's hard to transition from a cartoon or an idea into real life. Uh, Clayface, if they were to ever do Clayface, that would be probably pretty crappy. Um, so yeah, you're right. It's 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 hard to do, and I think and the, the penguin could be tough.
0: Yeah, especially. I mean, Tim Burton took a a literal approach mm-hmm. <laughs> to penguin with you know having the, his hands being the way they are, wearing gloves that look like flippers. Basically, um, you know, it's definitely a unique approach versus just a person that has unique features.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree a hundred percent. So, um. Okay. well, do you have anything else to add on Batman Returns? Uh, We didn't talk at all about Max Shrek, a made up villain for the
0: sake of this movie.
1: Yeah. And I didn't even think about that, too. I mean, well, maybe that kind of sums it up for me what I what I truly thought about that. What so what did what did you think? I mean, Christopher Walken is a good actor. Um, I was I didn't care for him that much. I mean, I guess he he kept the, the wheels rolling in this, but I didn't really care for him that much.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I had no idea who he was, and when I was a kid, I I wasn't into it at all. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, why is he in my <laughs> Batman movie? <laughs> you know, it, it just seemed like it seemed weird. Mm-hmm. But I mean, ultimately, uh, he is trying to be the puppet master, and mm-hmm. you know, he gets uh, it bites off more than he can chew.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He um, he's responsible for the death of Catwoman or for her transition. Uh, he is also like controlling uh, the penguin. And then him and Bruce, Max and Bruce, are feuding over the energy supply. Um, and Bruce is trying to actually stop him on that front. So he's kind of got his hands all over those cookie jars. Mm-hmm. Um, did you? Oh, so when so when he dies in a very ridiculous way, when uh, she she. <laughs> kisses Licking the taser, a taser? <laughs> yeah licks the taser and touches him on his face kisses him um that was supposed to be uh billy d williams they were going to make that billy d williams and then that was his origin of Two- two-face it was somehow going to burn half of his body and then for the third film that was rumored to be 2 Face movie uh they scrapped it i don't know why but they scrapped it
0: and they were also going to have Robin in this movie too
1: you're right yeah they cast Marlon Wayans yeah which I thought would have been cool Um, better than Chris O'Donnell but (laughs) yeah it's uh, I don't know Max Schreck he was he served a purpose I just could have I would have been okay without him yeah honestly Um, so was Justin was Batman Returns entertaining for you it is okay it is entertaining I also agree. I, I was thoroughly, thoroughly entertained while watching this film more so on the second viewing. Cause it's been at least a decade since I've seen it. I very much enjoyed it and the music same thing like the Danny Elfman score everything everything was heightened during the sad parts you know it seemed like there was a lot more music in this film than there was in the original Batman um, just because it seemed like the music fit the score fit the um, scenes a lot better but it still was the same composer so uh, was it cast accordingly
0: yeah absolutely I don't I don't I can't imagine anybody doing it better
1: okay i know michelle pfeiffer was so great um did it follow the comic lore i think again we established that you have your batman you have your alfred <laughs> I,
0: yeah i, I don't, you, think, uh, you I have don't mate, think you have uh, street.: that's it yeah it went a uh, different route there but yeah, completely it, it had a comic feel to it for sure elaborate uh just with sort of the the zany sound effects because uh, and, and I think a way that to use that as a vehicle was where the were the clowns, the, yes. the triangle gang, it yeah. it makes it makes sense to have sort of a zany feel to it when the bad guys are uh, circus clowns. Yeah, uh, I thought
1: that that was cool. That, w- that actually terrified me when I was a kid. I didn't understand why they were clowns and I didn't want to see it anymore. But
0: yeah. And then all these penguins with little rockets <laughs> on their backs. This is kind of weird.
1: Which was very weird. It's
0: not very practical.
1: No, it's not safe
0: either. PETA was having a field day. You got... A penguin has his little uh, monologue. The Thanks to Batman, it's time to punish all the God's children.
1: Or <laughs> uh, what changes would you have made?
0: Um, so, I probably... Wouldn't have gone the literal route with penguin being a penguin. Um, I would have toned that down a little bit. I think you still could have been creepy, but more creepy uncle versus creepy looking. Um, <laughs> does that make sense? Like, yes. No, you, you, that makes sense. Yes. Um, and I think I would have changed. Uh, Selena Kyle's origin story just to tick to where it was a little bit more grounded. It doesn't really, or at least explain more what happened. You know, why all of a sudden did she go from secretary to, or I'm sorry, executive assistant to crazy cat lady. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if she would have had more of a history of, of doing what she does as Catwoman, it would make more sense. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's probably about it. I, I like the way Batman is done. I, I think Bruce Wayne kills it. Michael Keaton's badass. I like when his relationship, his dynamic with Alfred, I think is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sort of a man-child when he's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it, and it works. Yeah. Uh, it shows that Alfred is, still has to take care of him, even though he's you know, in his 30s. And I think that that's great. Um, but, and, I, and I would have eliminated the Max Shrek character or at least reduced him to where he wasn't uh sort of the puppet master that he is in this Mm. movie it would have been more about penguin catwoman and batman as opposed to max shrek or like killed him off earlier or something like that yeah yeah um i
1: i really enjoyed the um the aspect of Bruce and uh, Selina and how the relationship kind of was, because obviously like in the comics, Batman and Catwoman always had this thing where it's, it's, it, it's right, but it's wrong sort of thing. Uh, yeah.
0: The forbidden fruit must be tasted.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer did such a good job with that. And I, I really wish I could have seen more. Um, even at the end, maybe they exchange glances. Like Bruce walks down the alley, he sees Selina and, And they kind of just have this look in their eyes, like, almost like I love you, but it's kind of, I don't know if this can work sort of thing, but maybe we'll see if it can work. And then she scurries off and that's the end of the film, right? I thought that would have been kind of cool. Um, Again, yeah, get rid of Max Shrek, maybe, or or diminish him to something less serious or less of a main character. Uh, I do like the set pieces i just i, I probably would have expanded a little more I, i'm sure there was a reason for making it only like six locations basically so that's probably what i would have changed um but uh, yeah i mean otherwise i really liked this movie a lot and, um, it, and it
0: took him a lot longer to film this one too by the way the yes. first Batman was filmed in like a month and then the the or three months and then the second one it was like like nine or something stupid like that Jeez. it was ridiculously longer to film
1: that's crazy
0: um, what were the weakest points for you? Well, I guess you kind of said that. What, what about the strongest points for you? Uh, I like how Batman's a no-nonsense Batman. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's out to kick some ass. So, like, I, I, I really like it when he just shows up and just beats the shit out. It takes out the entire uh, Red Triangle gang. With ease, like, too. Yeah, like, he like, doesn't even break a sweat. He just walks yeah. by and like punches people and yeah, just keeps he, walking. He, he did the, the God Code in the game, and he just goes <laughs> through and just beats the shit out of everyone. Up, down, left, select,
1: select, right, yeah. left,
0: down, circle, no square. One, no one stands a chance against him, and yeah. I love that. Yeah. I thought that was so freaking cool. Yeah. It, the, fight, the fighting was way better in
1: this one than the first one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, agreed. I think that is that is awesome. Um, I, I I really do like the addition of Catwoman. Uh, Vicky Vale didn't do it for me. Um, I think that Selina was so cool. And when they saw each other and it, they were kind of like they were dancing and kind of whispering to each other. And then she's like mistletoe. And he I can't remember what he says, but that was that reveal. And she goes, do, does this mean we have to fight now or something? <laughs> um, well, he says it can
0: be it can be deadly. It if can you be deadly it. if you eat it, yeah. And uh, she's That's like... Oh. That's trial and error, you know. Ugh. Someone had to eat one of those first to find out that it's deadly. And how would they tell anybody? Because they'd be dead. <laughs> they got to document it, see? And then the the sentence stops <laughs> as they're <laughs> writing because they die. You, you'll be dead. You must have got a phone call <laughs> while he was writing that. So... Well, that's all I have
1: to say about Batman Returns. Um, With those two things in mind, Justin, after we have talked about the 1989 Batman film and the 1992 Batman Returns sequel, which one do you think is a superior film?
0: I'm going to have to go with 1989 Batman. And I knew you would, you son of a
1: bitch. <laughs> I am going with the 1992 Batman Returns. It just did more for me. Um, I liked the fights and all the the, the flying and the magic, um, and I think I just had a better a better grasp on it, and it just affected me more. It's a very close Batman 89 is a very very close second to this though. Why did you why did you prefer the 89?
0: Um. I think I think because it's more 80s. <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for... You are working as a waitress <laughs> in a cocktail bar! That much is true! <laughs> uh, I love the Prince music, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, I... Gosh, I don't know, man. It's, it's something about it, man. And I'll, at the end of the day, I do... I can appreciate the idea that we were talking about how it is very much a, a Joker origin story. And it's just very appealing to me. I, I really dig that. Um, I thought that was very cool in how their, their paths were, were parallel to each other. And um, I don't know. I, it, it speaks well with me. And I'm a sucker for Robert Woolman. The, the Knox character is just the perfect amount of comedy relief for that movie. Yeah. Love he's it. Our, he's artless. <laughs> yeah, he is. Best agent around. Oh, yeah um cool all right well yeah
1: once again we don't agree on it but uh i I think you definitely have merit in what you're saying you are not wrong for saying that batman is a far superior movie you're just slightly wrong Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so batman returns for the poster is way better but uh i there's pros and cons like we just went over but um yeah that's all I really have to say. Uh, on next week's episode, uh, we would like to review Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, the all Schumacher right. films, which we were saying earlier, kind of steal a lot of the same universe, but in a very vibrant and almost ludicrous way. And then we get to see Bat nipples for the first time. So, right. um, one quick thing: Do you, I, I like that in in Batman. Uh, 89 they do the reveal of just like when he's suiting up right so shows his his cowl shows his boots shows him putting the belt on and i love those quick zoom shots to the uh, they're almost like choke shots essentially to where he's putting stuff on and that was a trend through each movie too do you know what i'm oh, saying man
0: any any time a hero suits up for battle it's like my favorite thing ever <laughs> oh yeah yeah no it's so cool it's so cool
1: um So, uh, yeah, we'll discuss those. And then once we say our favorites from those, we will then pose the question. What is the superior Batman film from all four of these? Um, Hint, hint. It is Batman and Robin. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thank you thank you to the uh the twitter and facebook polls which uh claimed that batman 89 was the best um very close second was batman and robin which is ridiculous batman returns got no love and i think it's just one of those movies that people keep forgetting about but i, I implore you to watch it it is so good so so good.
0: good it is good it's, it's a lot of fun
1: yeah justin cavendish says two thumbs way way up <laughs> It's certified fresh.
0: It's a good moment. You should go see it. You should go see it. Signed, sealed, delivered. It's yours. (laughs) But class it up. Wear a top hat and a monocle, man. (laughs) Be good. Green blood coming out of your mouth. Yeah. And a a onesie. (laughs) (laughs) And boots. Combat boots and a onesie. (laughs) Drive a that duck. that's so ridiculous Drive dude.
1: Duck. he looks like a like, ugh, he looks like a pillow or something like that it's just all frumpy. It's just so weird. a dirty pillow. So cool. all right man. well I'm excited for next week um, we will touch base soon uh, everybody out there on the Twitter sphere and the universe and stuff please uh, keep them coming. We love your messages. we love all of you equally um, and yeah all I have to say. So, want me to take us out? Yes, please. Thank you for listening to the Dolby Crazy podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at dbcrazypod, at Armo, and at zackdale60, where you can share your thoughts with us and we'll discuss them on our show. Heck, you can even tell us what movie you think we should watch for our next episode. Just please remember, don't be crazy.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Don't see it, it's a great movie!